Hello, dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela to Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with YSS SRF disciples of our sweet Guru Dave Paramahansa Yogananda Ji. As we get to know a little more about some of our fellow disciples through the Chela to Chela podcast, it gives us the opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to further connect with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji as shared by Mukti Madhavji, who was with Master when he was in the body. Mukti Ma is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, a steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. Oh, Mother, now the time has come for you to Today we have with us Alejandro Chesta. Welcome, Alejandro, and tell us where are you in the world? Well, hi, I'm a devotee from Chile, South America. I live in Santiago. Santiago, Santiago I, Chile. I've been to Santiago. You have a lovely group there. Okay. Yes, Do you have an idea of how many devotees are in uh, Santiago? Well, I think the the measure we have is how many people goes to Sunday services. Right. It's an average of 40 people, 30 people. But uh -huh. uh, there's a lot of people that comes and goes. Uh, uh, but uh, I think at least 100 people I, I know that comes and goes. I think you have some long-time devotees there too, don't you? Yes, very long very long time devotees. Uh, actually, the the group started on the fifties. In the fifties. Yes, wow. with uh, when Jose Miguel Cuaron, which is the person that uh, translated the autobiography to Spanish, he came. He was a disciple of a uh, master. Uh huh. Is that Cuaron, and, Mr. Cuaron? Yes, Cuaron. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he came here in the fifties and. Then started a group, a small group, which went growing over the years. And there's people, I think there's people now from the 60s. Very good, very mm. good. Well, I, I have to tell you a little story and share this with the devotees too. Um, mm -hmm. Talking about um, Mr. Poiron, mm -hmm. uh, Brother Dharmananda G told me um, years ago a story 
that Mr. Poirot's wife did not speak English. And mm -hmm. so she never wanted to go with him to Mother Center because <laughs> she didn't have facility in the language. And at one time, um, Guruji prevailed, as did Mr. Coron, and she came. Mm -hmm. And it was at the time of an all-day meditation. And um, I think, I think that was what it was. But the, the real gist of the story is she was upstairs in her room while Guruji and Mr. Coron and the group were downstairs, and it was um, microphone somehow. And... Mm -hmm. So Guruji talked, it might have been a lecture, maybe not an all-day meditation, but anyway, the bottom line is she understood every word that I had. I just give you kind yeah. of goodies, you know, so great. Our so, okay, so let us get a little profile. Are you married? Do you have children? And what yes. do you do in the world? Well. Wow. I am married. I we have uh, one daughter, and my wife is also a devotee. Very nice. And she's like uh, Mr. Quaron's wife. <laughs> a she doesn't speak English, <laughs> so I understand her, <laughs> her wife. Yeah. Um, well, I'm an engineer, an industrial engineer. That's my career. I work in an office, but I'm also a musician. And uh, you're a musician, and what do you yes. what do you play? My preferred instrument is the sitar. Wow, Indian instrument. That is not an easy instrument. Not at all. Not at all. It has it has been very very challenging because the sitar needs so many hours of practice. <laughs> yes. And I th I thought when I when I when I started playing sitar, I went to a teacher. And I thought, well, in three months, I will be playing uh, this thing and this other thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, years, let, me let me just interject there. You know, it's, I'm laughing because it's so mm -hmm. typical of devotees, whether it's Kriya or liberation <laughs> or a musical instrument sure. or a, a, a program, you know, anything. We, we think we're invincible. We have this soul quality that says, I can do that in yeah. just instantly almost. In the, in the, we can into difficult things. <laughs> yes, yes. We like to go into difficult things, and, but they are re rewarding, you know. Yes, yeah, so I've interrupted you, which I I'm, I'm, seem to be very good at, so <laughs> continue. <laughs> you can compliment my stories. And I thought in, in three months I was going to play, you know, Ravi Shankar, all, the, all those things. And then I realized how far away I was from truth. And it's a, it has been a very humbling experience, but also very, very rewarding. It's an instrument where you can express some emotions, some bhava, or they say in India, some bhava. moods. Yes, it has a great heart, doesn't it? Yes, which is very difficult with, with the Western instruments. Yes. So yes. it's a really special experience. And how long have you been at it? More than three months? More than three months, five years. Five oh, years with this guitar. Oh. And I and feel like I, I need 20 more years, you know. For yes. <laughs> now, um, how did you find Guruji? Well... 
That's a long question, uh, uh, maybe a long answer. That's okay. For that. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I could say I, I have a search from a very young age. I was 11 years old when I was reading kind of metaphysics lectures in Spanish. There were some books here at that time that uh, were related to Christian science and the Ascended Masters. And I had the opportunity to arrive to that through a friend. And uh, he lent me a book and I was like, wow, this is all that I wanted to know. It was everything about reincarnation, you know, the power of thought, uh, the astral body, that we are not just this. At 11? At 11 years. Wow. And uh, well, before that, I, I, I was raised in a Christian family, in a Christian school also. And the things that were said there, like, didn't convince me. And I was very disappointed at that time of the teachings. And that was like a renewal, you know, like a, a new world for me. And then I, I all my teen years were spent like a normal teen, but with that uh, search of reading books, listening to new age music, you know, uh, I was like in the teen world, but also with uh, one foot outside that in my inner world. And I arrived to some groups and then the years passed by and at the, when I was 22 years, I arrived to the autobiography. <laughs> I was at the university at the time and I was looking for yoga. Why yoga? Because in one of these groups that I stayed, they repeated the, one, of, one phrase that is in the Bhagavad Gita. I, I, I don't remember it exactly, but it says that one can, can find God through devotion or through yoga. And I wanted to know about yoga. And that was the 2000s. You know, internet wasn't very developed, but there were a lot of information. And I arrived to the autobiography. And I knew a person that, that I respected very much that uh, followed Master Yogananda. So I read it in the, on the internet in one week when I was in the university. I think I didn't go to all my classes on that week. <laughs> I was very immersed in this reading that... You were in a higher class. Yes. I was like uh, discovering all the truths, spiritual truths again. Again. Because this was so real, so near, in first person told. So... Uh, Next week, I was uh, looking for more information, and I arrived to the SRF page, and there was a section where there were the, the local temples and centers, and I found, found that there was in Santiago. And there was a phone number, just a phone number. And I called, and someone answered. And it was probably on Thursday in the evening, and she told me that, uh, well, these are the services these days, and I went next Sunday. And I was very f lucky to find people there because 
it, it was just after services that there were people there. So half an hour, three days a week. And I just called at, at that time. So master was there helping, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I know. And next Sunday, I went to the service. One of the devotees received me very warmly. Uh, I felt like I was, in, I was at home. And oh. service, of course, was uh, very inspiring. I, 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 feel, I felt like I was home. And that's how it all started. Well, one yeah. of the things that um, stands out for me in that story is that when you went to the center and someone greeted you very warmly, for years and years it's been a thing um, to strike a balance between leaving in silence and introspection and reaching out uh, in welcome to the people that are there for the first time or, or are new. And I think it, your story speaks to the value of being welcomed. And it, it is a tricky balance. A lot of the centers and temples have social things that are, are specific for that, a tea or, or coffee and sweet cakes or something um, after the service. So this is a dedicated um, area for that welcoming and uh, it makes a difference so um, yes, I think it's it's um, a good thing to bring that out into light for anyone that's listening that um, you uh, and all of us might be the person that welcomes the next devotee that comes sure. and make them feel like they are at home as well mm -hmm. okay so um, then I'm assuming there was a honeymoon period. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very common that that pattern. I think. Yes, that honeymoon with master. And, where, and also before that, but... the uh, the feeling of oh, of course, now I understand. I'm home. And it's kind of like oh. a refresher course when you read the autobiography. Is like wake up. Sure right? Of, yes, of yes. what you've already known in another incarnation and you bring back in and, and it's like reawakening. I've so often thought about what a, what a wonderful title for the movie about Master Awake, you know? Sure. I mean, it's just divine and you read so much in Master's writings about awakening. So you have that, that refresher course and we awaken and then we have the honeymoon and then what happens yes. after that? What happens after that? Well, the, the path is not linear. I entered the youth group there at that time. We don't have a, like a very a so structured limit of age in, in our groups because, we, because there are less devotees than maybe you have there. So mm -hmm. at the age of 22, I was still in the youth group. <laughs> Yes, well, just an aside there, when we started the young adult group at Lakeshine decades mm -hmm. ago, um, most of the people that came were in their 30s and mm -hmm. 40s, you know. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> so, so you were in the youth group and? Yes, and that's where, well, that was another stage, you know, when you, uh, you start to know people that, is from your same age and are in the same path, looking for the same things. And I have great friends from that 
time, you know, and they're still on the path. Wonderful. Um, yes. This and divine after, fellowship is so um, integral to the path, isn't it? You know, we don't join for that, but it becomes such an asset. Sure. And the beautiful thing also is that we never end making friends in this path. <laughs> there, are, there are always new friends coming. Yes, you and I, as a as an example, we met in India, didn't we? And it was yes. like, oh, you again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for example. One thing is to arrive to the path and master to the teachings. And another thing is to have the maturity, maybe to have the discipline. Yes. That's a whole different thing. That's when at the work begins, right? Yes, yes, at least for me. And something happened there that when I was studying engineering at that time, I just wanted to, to fit in the structure, you know, of the engineering world. Yes. And there's that other part that has claimed its time, its part in, in my life that is the more artistic side. So I had some issues with my, with my career and I was very confused with following it or not. And when I, I was very, very confused, I went then to Hidden Valley. I ended up being there four or five months in the ashram. And there I knew the discipline that is needed for the, for the path. That was another kind of another stage for me of seeing what is required. And that you can do your meditations all day and work and have a balanced life. Talk to us a little bit about your experience at Hidden Valley. Um, sure. At that time, I wasn't. I didn't have that that view of the what the path requires in terms of discipline, because I I think at that until that time I was satisfied with having inspiring meditations here and there, and. My experience there was uh, like setting for me a standard, seeing the example of the monks and the, the energy, you know, that is around there. So the support of a spiritual environment um, took you to a deeper level in your sadhana? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And, and that um, just for those devotees that are not so familiar with Hidden Valley, it's here in California near to actually where I live, 10 minutes away, north of San Diego, and of course for men only, and you live the life of the ashram. The men that aren't able to go there live the life of the ashram with the schedule of the ashram and the support of like-minded um, gentlemen devotees that are striving and, and struggling and feeling the love of God is that you learn how to, to practice the presence and um, this is such a, it seems to me there's such a support system in that would set you up and put you on the right avenue to go on into the world with that experience was that your experience absolutely absolutely it's a really a great help in the path I absolutely recommend it to all male devotees that once in, in their lives uh, take their time, maybe a few weeks, or if they, if they can more time uh, to go to Hidden Valley and live that ashram life. 
that is really supportive. Yes, and of course now they have a um, a retreat program where they will do conducted retreats on the weekend. So if if one could not get away for a longer period, those weekend retreats are are intensive and supportive also, and um, and they have a they have a Facebook page, don't they? Yes, they have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, so what happened after you got you got kind of um, set up and structured and, and you knew what was necessary? Well, I, I, I got to mention also that year I received Kriya. So that was very uh, changing also, you know. Yes, like a, a rocket, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, when I was there, I asked myself, do I want to be a monk or not? And I thought that uh, I wasn't prepared yet for that kind of life. And there was, there was also a recommendation, why don't you finish your career and then you see. Uh-huh. And I thought that it was very reasonable, you know, yeah. to, to live that, to have that experience first. And uh, I remember that there was one day when Brother Satyananda went there and he was interviewing the, those fellows that wanted to be monks. I wasn't in the list because I didn't ask for it. But one uh, fellow put me on the list. Huh. And then, okay, Brother Sadinan, they told me, Brother Sadinan is calling for you. Uh-huh. I went there and I told him, uh, well, uh, brother, I don't want to be a monk. I, I don't want to make lose your time. There was another uh, fellow waiting there. Oh, I want to talk with you. <laughs> and he told me that he felt that I was, I could do a lot of, I could be a lot of help here in, in my country. <laughs> uh-huh. And he gave me very, very supportive words. And he showed me also that one can be of help wherever you are, you know, and also outside the monastic life. Yes. So, so he, he told me that I was going to be of help here. <laughs> Fantastic. I, 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 hope I'm, I hope I'm doing some of that. Well, I'm sure you are just by, uh, you know, even if it's not in an outward way, um, Guruji said, Rajasi did more for the work by his meditations than all his financial um, help that he gave, which was significant. There's a quote from Ma where she says, never, never underestimate the value of your service in the world, whatever you're doing, your, your good thoughts, any act, of goodness counts and uh, I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own struggle that that we forget that and and maybe we think well humility uh, would not allow us to um, entertain that thought but I think if we can feel that we are soldiers soldiers for God that we are uh, lovers for God that's a, a place, a position of attitude with which we go out in the world and then be a channel. It's not an egoistic place. It's a place of service to the divine. Uh, so I am positive mm-hmm. that you are, are doing exactly what Satyanandaji mm-hmm. uh, had envisioned for you and, and mm-hmm. also. Uh, 
So I'm imagining that it hasn't been without its challenges and that maybe you have something to share with us about how you meet challenges. Do you have a, a particular way that you usually deal with challenges? Yeah, I think I'm trying to complement what you or complete what you said about the being soldiers or doing our part. Of course, I, I, I feel that I have a lot to learn, a lot to learn, a lot of challenges, but I think just staying on the path is a, is a help for the world and also, also for us, especially. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just doing our effort, you know, to be better. And a special way to, to deal with my challenges uh, is to go within. I think when, when things are, aren't very clear or uh, difficult. You know, meditation has been my guide, my salvation. <laughs> the teachings of Guruji and meditation, just resting there, uh, going within. It, it has been my... I don't know where could I be if it wasn't because of the teachings and meditation. It it uh, it orders everything, sets everything in order for me. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, you you said something there that um, I think has great value also to be brought back out, and that is you said resting in oh. God, resting in in meditation, in the thought of uh, the divine. I mean, I'm adding words there, but the resting, yes. that whole concept of resting in the divine providence is so uh, important and valuable, isn't it? Sure, sure. And of course, we, we have maybe, I, I will say some kind of seasons where we are more outward and we struggle and and then we come back in like a like a tidal wave <laughs> to the inside and and we see more clearly everything and yes that that is where we rest we, we rest in spirit right. we rest, we're resting up yes yes and there's there's a lot behind that. There's a lot. This it's faith, it's surrender, it's love, it's a lack of uh, looking for the fruits of your actions. I mean, there's so much behind this concept of being able to rest in the divine. And I think that it doesn't only happen in meditation. I think that it's an attitude that we can take with us out into the world too. What, sure. what, what do you think about that? I think that's uh, the other part of meditation. You know, we we had to learn the art of acting for devotion as a service and not wanting the well, not wanting and renouncing to the the fruits, and that's very difficult to do. It has been for me, and. It needs a whole life, I think. It has been a whole life to try to remember the importance of that, the relevance of that. 
you know, I was just reading um, this morning, it was the new magazine. There's an article by Master, and he talks about um, the effort to be in the perspective of and remember and be in touch with your astral uh, self. And uh, there's one line in there, he says, learn to be more transcendent now. It's like, wow, <laughs> what, a, what a place to go to, you know? Our Guruji is so great, isn't it? I mean, he just hits all the places that are, that are um, cogent and necessary and loving and just can't say enough about it. Yes, his teachings are so vast. Yeah. And, and, and now I'm enjoying the new lessons, you know, the, the first, uh, uh, the introduction, you know? The introduction, yes. Uh, and how many of us are starting over? Isn't that exciting? <laughs> yes, we're yes, all kind of doing it at the same time. And, yes. uh, and of course, you, you probably saw the, the streaming of uh, Brother Chidanandaji's launch. Mm -hmm. Wasn't yes. that cosmic? Whoa. Yes, I was impressed with all the apps, you know, the, the app and the videos that are going to be uh, unbelievable open. quantum yes. leap for Guruji's teachings. Unbelievable! Yes. Just uh, yes. with such a cosmic event, I'm still kind of resonating to that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so we can all think of each other as we're studying the the new lessons when we get sure. that first one. Wow. So we're mates. Wow. We're classmates. Yes. Yes. With new enthusiasm and, and all that we've learned and all that we've been through, bringing that sure. to the table with new dedication and depth right. of understanding and receptivity. It's just phenomenal. Totally. Okay, my dear. Um, let's end this with a question, what mm -hmm. I'd like to ask actually, when you leave this planet, this mm -hmm. from this incarnation, and you get to mm -hmm. the other side, and you're mm -hmm. doing your review as we do, um, what is it that you would like to be able to say about this incarnation? That I made the effort. That you made the effort. Yes that I made the effort until the end. Made the effort until the end. Well, Jai Guru, Jai Guru. I'd chime in with that too, because sometimes it's like slogging through molasses or you don't feel you're quite doing it, right? Yes, yes. And then Guruji comes along and says, I love you anyway, and just Okay, and I love the part where Guruji says, God sent you to me, and I will not fail you. Mm. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to say Jai Guru. Thank you. It's just a wonderful life with Guruji and our divine friends. So Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.
Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? If you would like access to the private pages where guest contact and other information is posted, it's free and easy. Just email to subscribe to the Soul Calls Infinity mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela de Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya, available online at soulcalls.org and on YouTube. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and preparation details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved Master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. In closing, let's listen again to this quote of Muktima and Master. Muktima is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, A steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path, and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. So dear friends, I hope you will share the podcast with at least one other SRF YSS devotee as we walk together in the spirit of divine friendship and in the love of God and Guru, affirming what we know to be true. It's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai.